Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Corpa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at corpa.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Location Technology Podcast by Corpa. Uh, I'm joined again today by Fabio Belloni, our Chief Growth Chief Growth Officer. Hello, Fabio. Hey, yes, sir. Nice to be here again. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's a little bit early in the morning for a podcast, but that's okay. You got coffee? I do have my coffee with me. So. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I got mine as well. So, um, so today we are going to be talking about success stories in smart buildings. And um, I think one of the good things that we received some feedback about was a few months ago, we, we uh, it was actually you who was in London at the Smart Building Show. Yeah, correct. And uh, we, uh, well, you gave a presentation where we were talking about some of the success stories that we've had in smart buildings and we've got some really great feedback. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to kind of revisit the topic a little bit during this podcast and we can discuss what it really means um, in a little bit of a different medium. Yeah, I particularly remember that event because it was the first traveling after almost two years of... How did it feel? Weird. (laughs) (laughs) Even just going to the webpage and, you know, book the flying ticket, it was like a little bit strange. But it felt really refreshing to be back in front of people and audience and talking face to face. So that was great. For sure. All right. Well, let's, let's get into it. So let's start with... Um, I mean, I know in the title it says success stories in smart buildings, but define for me what you really believe smart buildings are. Yeah, that's actually a good point. So smart buildings tend to be uh, understood in very many different ways. Uh, But I mean, from our perspective, smart building is effectively anywhere where you want to establish technology, establish automation and processes that are going to help conducting uh, workflow, uh, orchestrating uh, shipment and, uh, and taking care of safety for the workers. So effectively, any environment, whether it's uh, is a hospital building, whether it's an office facility, uh, whether it could be a retirement home, uh, it could also be industrial like a factory or a production line, logistic hub, all the way to, to be a sport arena or a training center. Uh, it could become smart. Um, smart, of course, in our context, it's really associated to how do you enable location data and location technology to, to guide the operation or the experience within that facility. Museum is one of them that, uh, that actually we have recently published some, some, some new uh, news and we hope uh, that uh, uh, we will soon be able to 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 speak about for example what we're doing in the Middle East. Perfect, yeah. Because obviously, if we think about it, smart building generally uh, infers like a smart office environment. So when we say smart buildings, it's normally like these offices that people talk about. But in this case, it's more like smart facilities. Correct. I mean, uh, it doesn't need to be an office building. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, every one of us uh, spend most of our time indoors, right? whether it's, it's at work, at home, or, or uh, for recreation and hobbies. Um, I think that uh, naturally technologies like uh, indoor location, location-based services, will not probably land uh, in, um, uh, in our homes as the first thing. We'll probably first land into indoor premises uh, where businesses are conducted. Um, shopping mall and other example we have inside it before 
uh, is, uh, and if you think about it, that's the trajectory that other technology has taken as well. I mean, if you think about Wi-Fi, um, before, uh, when was that? Maybe in the 90s uh, or so, uh, 80s, 90s. Uh, I still remember when my dad came home with the first laptop. Uh, we definitely didn't have Wi-Fi access point. So we actually had 56K duplex uh, coming out of the wall cable. And that's how we were getting internet. And, uh, but at that time, my dad had Wi-Fi at the office. So Wi-Fi was a technology mainly adopted for enterprise business. And then over time, it got commoditized, they got to the point that every single household could actually go to the... Correct. They could just go to the store right next to, you know, in the corner store selling electronics and buy that and deploy that home. And I think that nowadays, a minority of people probably have a cable coming out of the wall. Everyone just uses wireless to the point that wireless is even in planes, hotel, and, and everywhere. So probably, likewise, that's going to be the trajectory. So smart building, what's going to become smart, uh, it's uh, from a location perspective, uh, at the beginning will be mostly yeah, business, business sites and then a household later on. So smart homes that already exist today, don't get me wrong, there is a lot of smart home offering where you can control lighting, temperature, monitoring, surveillance, and all of that. It's mainly still in the domain of IoT, which means just bringing connectivity throughout the elements that you have in the home, but then combine that to the element of location awareness will probably still take a little bit longer for the household. Okay, great. So, so now we have a definition of smart buildings being any building at, at, at least that's the one i understand yeah yeah okay well that, that's great but let's let's talk about some of the use cases uh, really from a uh, building manager's perspective you know right. what, what are those general use cases that are in uh, a variety of these kind of different buildings yeah i mean that's uh, that's uh, that's a good question because it really depends uh, on uh, the 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 kind of vertical markets i mean there are some use cases like uh, indoor navigation, wayfinding, um, uh, booking uh, a space, whether that space could be a meeting room or maybe book yourself as a worker in a certain zone, in a certain space, um, finding your colleagues, finding your body or evacuation, uh, like mastering uh, in case of emergency, uh, or be able to report uh, you know, hazardous area within a facility. Um, so some of these tend to be across the vertical markets and they can, uh, they can be, uh, of course, readjusted and customized depending on the end customer needs, but uh, effectively they are quite horizontal. Another example would be access control. So if you think about access control, effectively, effectively means that you have uh, a gate zone that if a good if a worker transit through an event will start so we have for instance project done together with our business partners uh, where um, uh, they control really the opening and the closing of a door or they combine that uh, access to a building with the surveillance camera to identify the person to identify 
whether the person is allowed to be in, in that area or access in the building. Uh, sometimes it's even for just people counting. For instance, if you want to separate in a retail, uh, the people counting of uh, visitors of this shop with respect to an employee going in and out for a cigarette because conversion rate impacts on the success rate at the end of the day. Um, so there are use cases that tend to be very horizontal yet customized. And then there are other use cases that they tend to be highly focused on that particular um, vertical. Um, I'm thinking, uh, for instance, if you go into into sport, you now have an arena that has been made smart. And uh, in this space, you are tracking uh, uh, sport players. So whether those would be hockey players, or they could be swimmers in case of water polo, or a recent uh, success story we collected is around horse race. Uh, so in that case, the use case is very specific because you are practically monitoring the position of the player on the field, uh, maybe in relationship to the play object, whether there's a puck, a ball, or simply running around the field, and, uh, and then trying to build uh, statistics, analytics, uh, understanding the tactics, understanding the workload of the player, like how much time he spent on the ice versus how much he ran, how many sprints he has done, and ergo how much tired it is, and maybe predict that before he gets injured, you want to pull him off the field because he's a viable player. So you, you don't want him to, to get injured. So really, honestly, it's up to, it's up to your creativity or the end user creativity on what are the use cases that might make sense for them. What is important is that the, if you have a smart building, then you are in business. Then you really can start to get creative and use and dress up those location data in the way that makes more sense for you and your and your business. You just have to get that enabler in place and then you just build upon that. In the in the we started this postcard talking about the pandemic. I mean last year the, the use cases related to contact tracing and social distances they were in everyone's mouth because they, they were really related to safety and prevention of, prevention of, of, of disease uh, spreading. And also that allowed the building owner, in case of uh, contamination of the environment, to only lock down a part of the building and sanitize that instead of lock down the entire facility. So like maintain the business in operation while you know providing back safety and uh, in, in, in the work environment so okay great so moving from the everything we've discussed for the last few minutes from the theoretical side into the reality of the actual situation so talking about some real cases that we've seen some uh, ROI from or, or our partners or our customers have seen that um, I think it's important to note that as location technology is still quite an emerging technology, especially, well, it's, it's not really in the consumer business yet, but even in the, in the enterprise business, it's still an emerging technology. So in some cases, it can take quite a while to achieve that ROI or those benefits from having uh, location technology within the facility. But um, let's start talking about some real cases and 
maybe drop some names and uh, and some some of the benefits that they've actually yeah achieved. definitely definitely and uh, I mean what what we've been discussing so far is not just theoretical actually we have seen um, our partners and customer now really being able to uh, succeed and gain upon the um, embrace embracing of location technologies so an, an example that that uh, we have seen uh, in the past month, uh, and it has run now for uh, a few years, has been uh, Dyer Engineering in the UK. Uh, there was uh, a manufacturing facility. Uh, the project was done together with one of our partner, Think Inside. And um, Dyer Engineering has uh, um, effectively equipped the entire manufacturing floor uh, with this uh, location awareness uh, and uh, smart uh, um, uh, workflow analysis, uh, RTLS, so like asset tracking, uh, uh, running analytics, uh, and uh, understanding the workflow. And uh, at the beginning, uh, they were making assumption upon the fact that, you know, if I can measure this, I can improve that, uh, ergo I should gain. Uh, but now they actually came back to to have some very hard facts, and the fact that uh, you know they can save easily thousand um, pounds per month just uh, in in cost for how they run the the, the entire process on the floor. I and think it's actually ten thousand pounds per month. I was ten thousand. Ten thousand a month. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, so by all together, they they actually save like hundred and twenty thousand pounds per year. So hundred and twenty thousand pounds per year. That means that the return of investment for them is like less than twelve months from when they have deployed the, the technology and everything that they do beyond that point. It's uh, it's all a gain for them. So optimizing the flow, not losing time in searching uh, uh, items. It also actually have not just a hard benefits in terms of cost saving and money, but also has a lot of soft value because people and workers they actually get less frustrated having to you know look for items, having to be able to to effectively accomplish their work in a shorter amount of time which means that they don't need to spend extra hour at work. So it's, it's, uh, it's all things that they blend together uh, to provide uh, uh, benefits really across uh, work, both for the employer and also for the employees. And another example that uh, uh, we have seen to be of extreme benefits, it's, it's for instance uh, the, the Klockner, uh, which is another industrial site in the US this time. And uh, the, the partner in this case was uh, RTV Engineering. And, um, and in this case, they were able to <laughs> significantly save, for instance, in the search time. They were measuring uh, that uh, in average it took them 38 minutes to find a good on the floor. Uh, because every good looked pretty much alike is a steel coil manufacturer. And just to give uh, just to give some reference point, these are huge warehouses where there you know it actually does take a very very long time to get from one end of the facility to the other. Correct. So you know when you say like thirty eight minutes to search for something, it really does work in that in these yeah, kind of cases. You know, it's, it's definitely not in a room. It's, yeah. it's really uh, I think that they had uh, around was it five thousand, four thousand or five thousand item on the floor every single day and uh, since it's steel coil manufacturing cutting they all look pretty much alike mm -hmm. so finding the right one it really took time for them 
but now they managed to squeeze the average time of 38 minutes down to seven minutes. So that means a massive saving in terms of search time, improving efficiency, and uh, the overtime has been reduced by more than 10%, which makes everyone happy. And uh, on the tangible side, they are able to ship out three more loads, three more trucks per day. And that is a very tangible uh, increase in profit and, and revenues for them. And that translates into like fifteen to $20,000 of shipment per day. So the return of investment for them, it's pretty clear. Yeah. And uh, we are talking about a few months to just be able to pay back. And actually, Clockno was one of the uh, keynotes at our, um, at our virtual event last year in 2021. Correct. And uh, they were saying that they achieved their uh, projected ROI within just four months. So yeah. this is a fantastic example of really achieving that ROI really, really quickly, even though sometimes these lo- bigger projects, they, t- they take a lot longer. But this goes exactly to the to the point of the more use cases you solve the better and the uh, the more you benefit from that kind of system so in the in this case it was reduced overtime and if you have a thousand employees and you 10 percent on a thousand employees you know everybody else can do their own mathematics in terms of how much how much saving that's going to be but you know being able to ship more reduce overtime and time spent when you're actually at work looking for these assets you know that's three main use cases and that really helps to you know uh, benefit not just the company but actually there's some tangible cost savings in there as well. Another another example of, for instance, where the return of investment is started to get concretized is retail. So we have uh, partners uh, uh, like Think Inside that, that have been working in that environment. And they actually, now that, that uh, some time has passed because they're working upon analytics and uh, offline processing on, on customer behavior in the shore, that uh, by, by adopting uh, location technologies and changing the layout of the store and product placement based on understanding the real flow, they can increase uh, by, by 10%, for instance, the 5 to 10% the revenue of the store. And uh, that means increase the size of the shopping basket, uh, amount of goods that are, are bought uh, on, on every single shopping event. And, and these are very massive uh, amount of uh, uh, money that uh, that effectively can positively impact someone to adopt upon location technologies. In other vertical markets, uh, it takes a little bit longer to compute the return of investment, and uh, and in some case uh, it's again uh, based upon hard money. Some case uh, it's really about soft um, improvement, meaning uh, you know increase user experience. Uh, and of course, all of that, if you think about the museum, all of that will anyway translate uh, in uh, more visitors coming, uh, more visitors that might come back. Better customer experience, better reviews. Correct, you know, this correct. Kind of, yeah. So it's, it's kind like of an in, Indirect and, Exactly. So some case, the, the, the use case can be really ROI measure as a direct, some cases an indirect. And since uh, the all uh, smart adoption, uh, location awareness is still relatively new, we don't have yet kind of artifacts and numbers to show across all the different verticals. But uh, we have seen uh, um, our partner having great success uh, in uh, both small 
and very large deployment across the, the, the globe. And uh, for instance, the presentation I gave in, in London, I think I ran through, uh, was it 20, roughly 20 different uh, success stories done with different partners across uh, healthcare, sport, uh, smart facility. And, uh, and I think that we have, uh, we have a link actually to that uh, webinar representation. That, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure the link's included. Exactly, in so well. I mean everyone can go there and, and have a look at what we presented. But I think like you touched on healthcare and, and we're talking about these kind of soft <laughs> soft benefits that we get from it. I mean uh, we've had uh, cases where uh, they've installed an RTLS system in order to uh, monitor hand hygiene compliance and uh, the, and that specific customer saw like a 300% increase in yes. compliance to hand yes. hygiene uh, workflows or procedures. Um, now that's like a, a, a figure that we can specifically say, okay, it was an increase of 300%, but then how many lives did you save because of healthcare associated infections? Or you know uh, how the transmission of diseases and things like that. The, you know you can't necessarily measure this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean they have models that they try to do that. So they know the amount of infections that get triggers within the hospitals, and then based on uh, increased in sanitation of and hand hygiene, uh, they can kind of predict the reduction. Um, I think that they are still running through some of those numbers. But uh, actually the healthcare is a good example where sometimes the use case is actually driven by compliance. Because when you work in certain environment, you got to obey the rules. And the rules are put in place for increasing the safety of the patient within the hospital and also pre prevent and preserve the hospital in being able to maintain a certain level of safety. Across, across the facility. So it's, it's, it's a number of rules that they need to commit on following. And uh, it's, it's anything and any technology that helps a facility owner or facility manager to fulfill and comply to those kind of regulation that actually s helps significantly to make them sleep better at night. <laughs> and I, I don't really want to say it, but imagine if uh, you, know, you got sued the amount of money that you oh, would actually yeah. save from that because you were able to Absolutely. be able be able to prove that Absolutely. kind of compliance Absolutely. and that kind of thing is uh, very important. But okay, um, we could go on all day about the cases that we've got, but uh, there's only there's only so much time. So I'd like to thank you today for joining me on this podcast, and um, I hope to see you again on the next one. Thank you, Yasser, for inviting me, and uh, have a good day, everybody. Cheers. Mm -hmm.